the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Welcome to this special episode of Resi Week. This is a, a special lead into CD Expo. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, Mandy Beckner. She is the Vice President of Education and Training over at CDA. How are you doing, Mandy? I'm very well. Thank you, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we are going to talk about a, a whole lot of things, um, but essentially uh, the, the focus of this is we're going to have a deep dive to to dig into a bunch of new, cool, exciting things uh, that are going to be happening at CD Expo revolving around the educational side of things, which I would argue is at least 50% of the show and should be at least 50% of the reason you go to the show um, is to to learn something for heaven's sakes. Uh, so, Mandy, give us uh, give us an overview of what what's going to happen this year at Expo from the educational standpoint, starting with uh, with the keynote, and uh, we'll, we'll dig in a little bit deeper on on programs and, and tracks and and all that fun stuff. Sure, I'd be delighted to, and it's my honor to be on your podcast. So, thank you very much. Oh, thank I'm, you. It's my honor to be one of the stewards of the CDA Expo, as you say, this um, conference is really one of the hallmarks of our industry and of the event, certainly. It's gathering a very impressive community, and I'm very excited for this year's conference. So some high level. The conference itself is September 28th through the 30th. That's a full day before the trade show floor opens so that we can get some long-form education in there. Um, and the show itself extends for yet another day onto October 1st, so that once you've had all this dedicated time, professional development, and you're going out on the show floor, you have a fully dedicated day of doing business on the trade show floor. And if we've done our job well, you're asking better questions, you're having deeper conversations, you're having more meaningful connections because you're armed with the latest trends, you're thinking in new ways, and you're framing questions and problems uniquely. How important is it to kind of focus on education ahead of time? So framing our conference, we have a kickoff with our keynote. Our keynote presenter this year is Greg Durkin. He's the founder and CEO of an organization called Guts and Data. And his talk is about the entertainment evolution content overload. Uh, what does that mean? Well, we have a proliferation of content, right, of streaming platforms. And yet you sit down to perhaps watch something on one of your streaming platforms and there's just, it's all fragment, fragmented. It's so many recommendations, not all of them very personalized anymore. And it's complex. This content picture is complex. And anything that makes you uncomfortable about wanting to use your media environment, like the lack of content that's personalized to you is a topic we should be talking about as an industry. We have challenges and opportunities in streaming and home entertainment. And here's a person, Greg Durkin, who has a data-informed blueprint for how to tackle these problems, um, has a very unique perspective because of his history in the content industries and a new way of thinking about them. Um, we kept calling it the content conundrum. And I am excited to hear 
Greg's predictions, his recommendations, and what this means for our business of integrators. Talk for a minute about the the, the theme of of bringing Greg in, and and I, I get what you're saying from from the content standpoint, but how, how is that going to blend into, or will that blend into the rest of the educational offerings? The way I see it is that in many of the sessions that we talk about, in many of the trends that we're looking at, we want things that are frictionless. We want things that are human-centric, systems that are designed to be human-centric. We want things to be reliable. And while Greg's particular theme is about a specific example of all of our integrated experiences in content, Certainly, if we broaden that out, there are many other current challenges, technical, usability, otherwise, um, that we should discuss as a community and, un- and untangle. So that's how I see the keynote blending in with the conference. Um, we have a lot of Ask the Expert sessions where we can get into wide conversations, depending on what the audience wants to talk about. And we also have very specific conversations that are more about um, lightning fast growth of certain markets or certain applications. Okay. When when you start talking about the program, is, is this year's educational offering going to be, is, is it going to be similar to what people have expected in the past? Do we have, do we have some new tracks? Is educational, is the that platform going to you know, just kind of, I don't want to say be an echo chamber, but be an echo chamber of what we've come to expect from conferences. We have designed it to protect ourselves against being an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me back up a bit. There was a show planned for last year, and we have people who put a lot of thought and were very creative about the content they created for last year's event. And they didn't get a fair shake, right? The event Mm -hmm. didn't take off because of a a variant. And and so we wanted to start with that program. There was a lot of really good gems in there. I don't think that that program was one of the past. It was, it came together in a time of crisis. So it was fresh and new thinking. It deserved um, to be elevated. So we started from that program. But then we also looked at the other needs we'd have to do with this year's trade show. Look, trade shows are changing, and how they're changing is different by audience. How the ISE show changed, how the Infocom show changed, how the KBiz show changed, though they all have unique differences, and we don't know what ours are going to be necessarily for the CDA Expo. We have to do some listening to find out. And to do some thoughtful listening, you have to create some space. So... Looking at last year's event, we took a look at that and we said, okay, from these sessions, we need the ones that really are going to be a conversation, really can have convers- can focus on um, being attendee-centric. What are the problems you're bringing forward as an attendee, like the Ask the Experts, mm-hmm. or they're problem-centric, where we can untangle a problem and explore it a little bit, understand the misconceptions, um, some of the things in the lighting track and the networking track, I think, are like that. Then the things that don't lend themselves to that kind of conversation, they're important. They're important information, well curated, but they're not quite a dialogue. Those are things that we should save for one directional kind of events, like maybe a webinar or some other kind of conference. And we want to be able to offer that before and after the show and even ongoing. That is a bit of a a shift there to get away from 
dare I say, like the lecture series, which we've all experienced um, walking into a three hour uh, monotone conversation, uh, one sided conversation from the stage where they're just going over a whole lot of stuff. Most of these shows, uh, especially having a couple years where they didn't happen, we've had a lot of people that have really recognized that going to a going to a trade show and sitting in a lecture is not the best use of their time. It's also a pretty expensive way to be be talked to for for three four hours. How is going to a a conversational base? How do you how do you expect people to gravitate to that? And, and I don't want to say evolve, but be more prepared for that. Well, it's through things like this podcast where we start to set people's expectations so that hopefully those of you who are listening are thinking about, okay, what, conversa- what questions or conversations do I want to champion when I'm there? We're also doing other things like working with um, some of the influencers in our community to get them involved, not only as panelists, but also as thought leaders who attend these sessions, Um, engaging with them to say, okay, would you be interested after a session having a conversation about how that went? Um, What do you think? Um, How might we? How might we explore this further? Um, I also think that those kinds of activities start to create a real sense of community. We, ha- we know we have a strong community among not just our, fa- our I say faculty, but that's not what I mean, our, our presenters, our instructors, our facilitators, they are strongly connected through CDN and have been for well over a decade, some too. And uh, many have engaged learners who will go to any of their sessions. If there's a session being offered by Peter Aylid or Rich Great, like they will go. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But do we stop and be thoughtful and intentional about how we design conversations among them uh, in the white space of an event, the, the time when you're not sitting in a, in a conference room or the time where you're walking from one place to another or just when you stop into um, a lounge to, to continue a conversation after a session? I want to be intentional about that so that we can engage more and make the sessions that are maybe that afternoon or the next day be follow-ons or mm-hmm. continue a theme. Let's let's before we dig into the, the the white space side of things, just give a quick overview of what kind of tracks we're expecting to see. Is this going to be sure. again somewhat of the 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 norm? Uh, a networking, an audio, a home theater. Uh, you know, lighting's come on the last couple of years. Um, yeah. are, are we going to see some business centric ones as well? Yeah, we brought back some topics that you know we feel that we have to have audio and business. Those are really important ones. We've added two new ones. We have a lighting track. There might have been lighting content before. We have a dedicated lighting track that's been curated to have a wide conversation. Same is true for wellness. Um, There's a a wellness area on the trade show floor. There's been more conversations about all the systems and the thinking and the standards and, and trends, and we wanted to make space for that thoughtfully. Systems engineering is a very large track, right? There's lots of elements of a system that have to come together. So that tends to be a pretty big one. I think it has nine sessions in that track. Mm-hmm. And we have new content in almost all our tracks from certification prep all the way to networking. You mentioned you, you mentioned wellness. Um, I mentioned lighting. You expounded on lighting. Um, lighting is one of those ones that's that's near and dear to me because uh, not only do we do we do it internally in my company, but it's also just one of the things I, I love. How do you go about 
using that track to not just focus on the the technical aspects of it, but focus on the the business opportunity of it and how to, you know, again, properly get into it and let's be real blunt, make some money at it. Wow. I wish we had taken that blunt of an approach. That's really good, Matt. <laughs> Include you next year on Collect Curation Committee. <laughs> I think first we took the, took a look at, okay, let's just throw out all of the areas that we just, we can't miss having part of the lighting conversation at the show. Mm-hmm. So that's where you would expect to see, all right, um, we need to talk about fixtures, all right, what about the fixtures and, and get into that? We need to talk about the future of architectural lighting and design. Okay, let's do something on that. We need to do, talk about how you specify these things. There's, That's unique. But we do have a session on the business of selling lighting and lighting systems. But it came not as a, hey, why aren't we talking about selling things? It came more from a, if we're going to have a track and we have to have all the major um, elements, what are the things mm-hmm. we need? So yes, the one that I think you were hoping for is there. Um, but we wanted to make sure we told a story around lighting systems as a whole. How do you go about um, utilizing some of the tracks and, and, and some of the new content to really get people out of their maybe preconceived ideas of how, and, and again, I'll, I'll pick on lighting just because it's one I know, um, get them out of their kind of closed window of how that that works and and show them how many uh, new opportunities are there, or at least get them thinking about the new opportunities that lie within lighting. Because again, just to pick on lighting, you can Mm -hmm. look at that as a a real small, finite pool of an opportunity, but it it, it can be absolutely massive. So not just for lighting, but almost in each of the tracks, Mm -hmm. we made sure that there was something that makes you uncomfortable enough to get your neurons firing in a new way. Um, Things that really untangle the messiness. Um, For example, we, the IOT landscape is fraught with (laughs) misconception, ambiguity, ever-changing, it seems, ever-changing players. And so this year, there's a session on the IoT landscape called the Platform Playground Revisited. This was a program that actually did work quite well last year, and we wanted to do an update on it. So let's get into the mess of it. Let's talk about platform capabilities and limitations and steps towards interoperability and backwards compatibility. So some of the sessions are designed to get into the mess. Um, there's other ones um, called the audio deathmatch, video deathmatch. Um, that one also does does the same. Um, oh, I oh I I'm really looking forward to the integrator 2027 session. This one is being led by Peter Aylett. What I like about it is that it makes bold assertions. I, I love when people in our industry are bold. Let's let's. Let's take a look at something, back it up with research, and explore it. Mm-hmm. What it what are our assumptions about the integrator's role in human-centric design? What are our assumptions about the power of personalization? What does that mean? What does it mean to be offering experiences that are hyper-personalized? These, these kinds of sessions, I think, um, can never be just canned. And every time you offer them, they're going to be different because they flex with the audience that's there. 
with the people right. who are willing to be engaged participants in the journey. You mentioned getting getting people uncomfortable and how, how it's going to be messy, which I'll be perfectly honest, I don't think I've heard that from an event organizer before, <laughs> talking about how, I, and I'm all for it, we, we talked pre-show how I'm all about getting people uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> why, do you, why do you take that approach? Why, why are you so upfront about the fact that you want people to come in and, and be a little uncomfortable and mess with, mess with their head, mess with their thinking, mess with their preconceived notions of what the industry looks like, what their business could look like? We're going to nerd out on the neuroscience of learning on another podcast, but I'm going to lean Perfect. into it Let's a little here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming to a conference to learn something new. It might not be something that is as rote as I want to learn a new skill. Mostly you want to learn new ways to be inspired or new connections or new opportunities that you should be looking out for. So the, that type of learning requires you to be thinking in a new way. If you want to be thinking in the way you've already been thinking, then come and do the trade show floor, say hi to your friends and we're good. But if you want to learn something new, if you want to challenge yourself, if you want to flex, then you have to be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and if you find that you are registering for the conference and selecting your courses and going into the hallways and sitting there and walking out and filling out your eval and that's what you're doing, then you have to do more. You have to take on the agency of making yourself uncomfortable, of asking strange questions of strangers, of paying attention to the body language of the room around you and kind of figuring out why people are thinking this is interesting or strongly reacting to it if you're not, or looking for new ways to be inspired. You have to do some active engagement in order to get a lot out of it. And it's easy to fall into a rut and just kind of go through the motions and just find the safe space of sitting next to someone you haven't seen in a while and just talking about what's been going on with your friends. And that's great. You should do that too. But you also have to engage. How important is it and, and how do you promote? Because you made a real good point. It's very simple to connect with your friends because you know they're going to be there mm -hmm. and then just walk around as a posse all 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 week long how do you go about encouraging people to take ownership of of learning something new and, and getting uncomfortable um let's see i can think of it in terms of an example so when i go to a conference right for the world that i live in which is talent management I'll find other peers who are also going. I love when one of those peers works for one of our manufacturers. And I'll say, okay, here are some key things that I'm going to go for when I go to this conference. What are you going for? We support each other's learning. And then we will connect for a lunch or a dinner and share out what's happening. We also, I like when we also make a plan to go to a workshop that's in common and mm -hmm. sit at different tables and work on different problems. Because that's getting into the mess of things in a different way than a seminar or a panel. Um, that's really working through a problem. We have a number of workshops that people can do that with at CDA Expo. I have one that I'm excited to talk about because it's a little different. Um, so a little backstory. I was working with one of the uh, working groups that's, that's part of our professional development committee they focus on business training. Mm -hmm. And they were working on an outline for a business course 
that they were proposing CDRA. And there were a lot of themes in there that resonated with me from the book um, by Gina Wickman called Traction, the mm-hmm. EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And I thought, oh, this is really interesting. There's some parallels here to EOS. And people in the committee kind of leaned in and went, yeah, there are. I said, what if we found a partner at EOS that does some training? And they thought, you think we could do that? So I happen to know somebody in our industry who is an EOS practitioner, and I called him up, and he pointed me into the direction of a collection of, of entrepreneurial operating system champions, right? People who help you learn about and adopt EOS. And isn't there one in Dallas who has a business doing live event venues, doing meeting places, who at least appreciates the importance of integrating technology like our industry offers into making a really compelling visitor experience. So I had a nice chat with him. He was fantastic. And I said, you know, this is a group of of business owners of all sizes, small businesses, medium businesses, and I think it would be interesting to offer some EOS training. What do you think? And um, he liked the idea. So he's going to be at our show doing two sessions. One is a seminar that really gives people who maybe haven't read the book or have heard maybe a podcast about it or something a little bit more about um, how it works and the implications it can have for your business and, and getting traction in your business and growth. Uh, and the other is for people who are ready to get into the nitty gritty and really saying to them, do you have a vision? If you don't, okay, we can work with you. Do you know what your values are for your organization? What what are your deal breakers? What are your boundaries that you're willing to commit to in your business that help you determine what opportunities to take, what opportunities not to take, or where to head in your business, or who to hire? Um, it could be very interesting stuff that shakes things up and is a new offering that try this year. That, that's always been one of kind of my nitpicky things is that the the residential channel is is less focused on um, business than they are on the tech side. Promoting the the EOS side seems to be a, a really good opportunity there. Coming out of this, will you have reasonable metrics to see what the appetite for that is? Reasonable metrics for me start with consumption. Are people going to come? Mm-hmm. Are they going to engage in the learning? They also extend to the evaluations. What they think? Would they apply this? Would they recommend it to others? But then I'd also like to see a check-in. So three months from now, for those who opt in and allow me to, I would love to reach out to them and say, okay, it's been three months since the show. You know that thing that you said you were going to try, that you had heard about at Expo and you were going to try out on your business? Did you commit to doing it? How to work? Tell me more. Um, and then that could inform continuing events, continuing conversations, um, conversations and cohorts. There's a lot that we could lean into as an industry, and I think CEDIA, as the association, is uniquely placed um, as as the nonprofit trade association mm-hmm. to to host those conversations and to allow more explanation exploration there. It- is that a new thing, um, planning uh, an extended follow-up? Maybe I'm just unaware of that happening in the past, um, but outside of getting yeah. you know a survey when you, when you finish the course and, and saying, please fill this out, which 
of course I always do. Um, and then hand it in, which again, I, I always do <laughs> as I walk out. The, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any follow-up at all. Well, I can tell you that this year I will read every single eval, as will my team, and we will take action on them. So you have my commitment about the evals, and I really want people to fill those out. Um, has there always been continued follow-up? You know, I'm not sure. I, I know that the, those on the team and those who came before me are really talented educators and understand how humans learn. So I imagine they did. And maybe it was in telling our story that we didn't position it as a continuing of the conversation, right? We have an LMS that is chock full of content. We have content on everything, technical, non-technical, hundreds of courses. Um, and so a lot of things that were from Expo in previous years lives in that LMS. Um, it's a great opportunity to explore other topics. Um, maybe this year we will try a couple other things and see if it is new or different, resonates in a different way. But there's always learning more things. Talking about kind of the, the continuing education side, the, the follow-up side, one thing that I, I know has been very effective for a lot of integrators is the COI program. But to my knowledge, that's always been... Hey, I don't think it's ever been at the show. Um, it will be at but, the show this year. <laughs> fantastic. You know, it's from talking to people like you, Matt, that I found out about the COI program and what a benefit it was to members and how much they mm -hmm. love it. Uh, this is an opportunity to have meaningful relationships and dialogue with the design and construction community. It's fantastic. Um, but... But how do you leverage that? How do you become a certified outreach instructor, COI? Uh, how do you leverage the opportunities once you earn your place as a COI? What are your content opportunities? How do you um, tailor that into your marketing, into how you approach your partnerships? All those kinds of things are really fascinating. And so we are going to do a long-form workshop with people about COI. So if you're not a COI, you can come to this event and we will start you on the steps for, for how you use this, this tool in business and even start you out on um, becoming a COI. If you already are a COI and you just crave having conversation and workshop about new ways to leverage that as a tool in your business for marketing, for business development, all of it, then this is a place for you too. Um, maybe you even would like additional practice on one of the presentations that you've earned access to and help customize that further. I think it's going to be a really wonderful opportunity. I'm really excited. One of the other things that, that we talked about pre-show was the, the ask the expert side. I yes. know you're doing some panels on it. Um, yeah. I am always a, a, a big believer in those types of panels, um, and those types of programs, but it, it, it's, it's starting pre-show and is supposed to continue on post-show. Yes. Again, I, that, that's new new to me. Um, it's likely new to the majority of people who are listening. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you plan to leverage that. Well, first, this has to start with a thank you to our CDA community, the experts who allow us to draw upon their time and their talent in order to make them uh, a really wonderful content offering. This kicked off um, in... June, the beginning part of June, with a live stream, Ask the Expert, and on networking. There are other live streams that are happening 
before the show and then after the show that are different collections of panelists, different people with different perspectives. And when they reach out to an audience, you know, they get a host of interesting questions and the conversation can go in any number of directions that really it's just a unique opportunity. It's a unique framing of, of a problem or of an of a application to explore. So we, we have several that are scheduled before the show. You can check um, cedia.net for that calendar. And then um, at the Cedia Expo conference, there are several Ask the Experts across many topics, both business and technical. And then we will do more throughout the year. Awesome. The, the, the last thing I wanted to, to kind of come back to um, that we, we talked about earlier was the expanded use of, of white space and networking. So, so first, for anybody who doesn't understand what, what we mean by white space, give them a quick primer on that. Um, but again, we know and, and all attest that for myself, the biggest thing I usually get out of any trade show I attend is the networking side. That's always where I seem to learn the best little simplest thing that changes everything we do. Um, talk about talk about the expanded use of white space um, and the kind of the expanded networking opportunities that are going to be built in to the, the educational tracks um, and the educational program. So, so the white space, let's start with that. That's, uh, I think I might have picked that phrase up uh, at a learning conference, but that is the, the, the non-programmed space that is beginning and between and after any of the formal content sessions. So you're walking to a seminar, you sit down, there's no program that starts yet, you're talking to your neighbor, hey, how are you, where'd you come from, what are you here for? There's also um, the space that is exploring, I would say, discovery phase of the show floor of when you go to the trade show space and you're kind of walking around, putting things together, seeing the patterns, finding where people are going. That too, I consider white space. So it's the non-program space. How I would like to see, I would like to see many fresh approaches to the, to the white space. And we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of how that might look and how that might be valued by the CDA attendee. That is certainly part of this year's discovery for the team here at Cedia um, and from our volunteers, I hope. Uh, please, if you are interested in anything about um, designing for that kind of engagement, seek me out. I would love to hear from you and, and ideas around this. So there are some things that we hope to do around the right space. Some of them are planned, like mm -hmm. um, we have an awards um, program. We have this new thing called the Advocacy Town Hall. There are people oh, working cool. on behalf of your business that are doing things so that you have lots of business opportunity. You should probably know what's going on. And hey, wouldn't it be cool if you lend your voice to those initiatives? Um, the Advocacy Town Hall's a way to ask questions and see what's going on in the world of, of advocacy uh, around the world. And, and the conversations that you can have in those kinds of tailored events is really interesting. But then there's going to be organic ones that you can't put on your calendar. You can't schedule. Someone in the hallway might strike up a conversation with you, somebody who's a CDA volunteer or a CDA staff member, and engage you in some like hallway design thinking exercise that hopefully just feels like a friendly conversation because that's exactly what it is. 
Mm-hmm. And then we do have some purpose design, design thinking conversations that we'll be having at Expo with some um, specific communities just to nail down some particular opportunities or problems or opportunity or, or things that we want to make sure that we get absolutely right and part of the experience design as we head into our Denver shows. That's fantastic. Um, so if people want to get more information, understand the tracks, start to pre-plan, um, what their schedule is going to look like, what they want to dedicate time to. Uh, where do they go to find that? Um, how early can they start reserving or, or, or booking spots? Uh, what does that look like? Please go to cdiaexpo.com where you can register for the show. And I recommend that you take advantage of early bird pricing and get the full conference pass. Then you can come and go to as many sessions as you can fit into your calendar. There's member rates and non-member rates. If you're a non-member, contact me. I'll help you get a solution to that problem. And we'll make you a member. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say that your time at the trade show is limited. Look, you, mm-hmm. you're, you can only come for a day or two, and you got to do certain meetings that you have to have, certain things you need to sit, see on the trade show floor, and maybe you can go to one or two sessions. No worries. We have a la carte pricing so that you can register for those one or two sessions. Um, but this is where you stake your claim for the things that you want to make sure you got a seat at, register ahead of time, and don't miss the things that you know are going to be important for your business moving forward. Awesome. Mandy, it sounds like you and your team have put together a fantastic uh, program. So if people want to connect with you, uh, learn learn more just on the whole about CD education uh, and training programs, where can they do that? You can connect with me on LinkedIn, where I'm at Amanda Beckner. And you can also email me at mbeckner, that's M for Mandy, mbeckner at cedia.org. Excellent. Thank you again. Uh, thank you all for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this special episode of Resi. Resi.